All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The DraftKings studio, unoccupied today in Boston. How about that? Jesse and Emerson enjoying some time off. Well-deserved for all the hard work. We still got a great show for you guys. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the DraftKingsNetwork.com. DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, and more. Fun going guest-wise today, Chris Long. Longtime NFL defensive end, host of the Greenlight podcast with his brother Kyle and a number of other great dudes. And it is Wednesday, which means our number one. We got our good friend Charlotte Wilder here, co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan, joining us back here and now. Charlotte, how you doing, bud? Oh, phenomenal. How are you guys? What a Wednesday. Did I say that when we I I feel like I have this ro- like rotating list of things that I say when you when you come to me. So today we're gonna go with what a Wednesday. I like that. What what you should say what a wilder Wednesday though, shouldn't you? Would you not want yeah. to use your own name? Yeah. Probably probably. What a wilder Wednesday. How are you guys? What's going on in the sports world? 
There we go. <laughs> there we go. See, she knows the right places to go on this. By the way, you guys can catch Oddball with her and Amin every day, but Monday here on the DraftKings Network. Great job. And we've got a lot of basketball to cover with you. Eric Spolstra is big Ooh. rich right now um we have got draymond green doing some self-reflection very angry people in toronto but uh we do have a little <laughs> nfl to start with and someone that you actually know very well charlotte or got to know very well in mike vrabel we are all getting ready for a lot of coaching moves around the nfl this offseason I, I don't know and dad you can correct me if i'm wrong here I had no expectation that Mike Vrabel was going to be fired, but that is exactly what happened yesterday as we got the news coming out of Tennessee. Uh, Amy Adams Strunk, the owner there, uh, came out and announced the news that the team was moving on from Mike Vrabel after six seasons as their head coach. He had three playoff appearances, won the division twice, was the one seed in the AFC and the AP Coach of the Year in 2021. And now, a year after hiring a new GM and Ron Carthen, they're getting set to find their next head coach. Dad, did you see this coming at all? I, I didn't. Um, Vrabel is extremely well-liked. What did he have? Four winning seasons are out of the gate. The last couple have been losing seasons. I get it. But listen, he's been in the playoffs. And sometimes we wondered how because it's like I don't think he ever really had that big-time quarterback. We didn't we didn't buy into that with Tannehill, right? Had a great back in Derrick Henry, and we always know Vrabel for defense. And he's so well-liked, and he did lead his teams to a number one seed to the playoffs, though the last couple of years have been, uh, you know, uh, worse uh, than what he's used to. So I, I found it interesting. And, and Charlotte, I'm going to read the um, the – statement from Amy Adams uh, Strunk uh, and and it was a lot of big words but I think we know mm -hmm. where it goes she says as the NFL continues to innovate and evolve I believe the teams that best positioned for sustained success will be those who empower and align and collaborative team across all football functions basically I think Charlotte correct me if I'm wrong saying we need to get up with the times and have more voices involved in this thing yeah which you know it's always so interesting, right? Because I often don't think that firing a coach, especially one who's as beloved as Vrabel, I mean, you know, the Titans star running back Derrick Henry, after Vrabel was fired, said, I'm shocked. He's a leader of men. Um, I can't really think of a coach uh, quite as beloved anecdotally by his team on a team that is not a, a powerhouse contender every year. I think what Vrabel did with the Titans in those playoff runs is is pretty remarkable. Um, I also think that, yes, they've had past two frustrating seasons in terms of wins and losses, but I don't think he's had a ton of help on the management side. Like, what have they gotten him? What have they given him to work with? By all accounts, he's done pretty well, given that, like, most people, if you're not a fan of the Titans or you don't cover the – you don't follow the NFL very closely, would be like, I think there's one running back, maybe Derrick Henry. Is it – like, that's what they would think of when they think of the Titans. So, for him to have done what he's done, um, I think that it probably – the 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 line collaboration across, uh, you know, entities or whatever – Excel garbage speak business talk was thrown at us yeah. Uh, yeah. makes me think that they want someone who's going to do exactly what they want and not ask too many questions. Mm -hmm. I, I would have loved someone to put that, that, that statement in front of you or I, Mike, it would be like, 
Can we use our own words? Do we do we have to say this? You know, I, I don't. Got a I don't pen? know what I'm all gonna this go is. ahead and uh, just fix yeah. a couple of. Th- I got a couple yeah. of notes that I'd like to yeah. run by you yeah. here. These in words big that words out. Sense. What's what's interesting is they also talked about trading him. Now, when you trade a yes. coach, which is mm-hmm. different than trading a player, unless a player has a no trade clause, and we've only had what one of those uh, in the NFL. You see those in other sports. But to trade a coach, it has to be consent on both sides. The coach has to agree to it. The coach basically has a no-trade clause. The coach, both parties have to agree. But she said, we didn't want to put ourselves behind the eight ball a little bit with finding another coach. By a trade, it could be a longer process. And if it doesn't work out the way we want, we go to the back of the line with coaches that are going to start to get hired. So they didn't want to find themselves in that, you know, kind of stuck with their feet in the mud on going through the process of a trade that may not work and then all of a sudden be holding the bag saying, okay, now we have to fire him and now a bunch of coaches have been hired uh, that, that we can't get right now. But but it just seems like this is the old GM coach work together. Now, in this case, GM's gone, new GM comes in and things start to start to change a little bit, even though I agree that this was a little surprising. Well, yeah, and I think that's what's interesting about this timeline and why when I hear all that corporate mumbo-jumbo, I do wonder, and we haven't seen it corroborated anywhere. In fact, uh, I've seen multiple national reporters indicate that the relationship between Ron Carthen and Mike Vrabel was not the problem here because most people would look and think, all right, you reorged last year, you brought in Ron, the GM and the head coach are usually supposed to be in lockstep, and if things aren't lining up there, then you might have a problem. But the way they went about this, Dad, was always indicative of, hey, we think that this was a we didn't acquire the right talent problem, not a coaching problem. When you fire John Robinson last year and move on with him without clearing house with the coach, that's at least to me the message that sends. And to Charlotte's point, I always called Mike Vrabel the NFL's MacGyver. He was built in that Tomlin (laughs) model where you just looked up and he was in the playoffs. Somehow he was in the playoffs. Somehow he was contending to win a division. When talent-wise, we looked and said, all right, defensively, they've had some good pieces, but offensively, especially going back to the draft a couple of years, ago you messed up the situation with AJ Brown so bad that you end up trading him on draft day and getting embarrassed so thoroughly when he comes back and plays you the next year that you decide to part with your GM about the week after that Philadelphia loss and now to come to this point dad when don't get me wrong Ron Carthen in year one had some hits especially in the draft right you look at some of the bright spots on this team Will Levis there's hope that he can be the guy in the future Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern on the O-line looked pretty darn good for them up front Tajay Spears out of Tulane had a really good year in that backfield taking carries from Derrick Henry so there's reason to believe Ron Carthen is up for the task here as they start to do that but one year does not enough difference make when even listening to Ron Carthen in his press conference who by the way had to stand up there and answer these questions by himself while Amy Adams Strunk got to do her portion of this in a very controlled interview environment where nothing was going to be difficult for her Ron Carthen did say yeah I don't know how good you could have expected us to be down the stretch when I think in the last couple games we're down nine starters it's hard enough to win this league anyway so I look at all of that and then still try and make the math math with this firing of a guy in Vrabel who Charlotte's right is a vibes guy and it is coaching in general is hard to put a finger on outside of the scheme guys what exactly goes on but I think we're all pretty comfortable in saying Mike Vrabel has had a net positive effect on the overall culture in Tennessee in a way that's pretty easy to see and he's going to have a job, there's no doubt, and a lot of people are already putting him in New England if, if Belichick yeah. leaves. But Charlotte, I wonder if if 
ownership now now Amy is the daughter of Bud Adams who was around in the in the, the owner when I was the Houston or in, in Houston with the mm-hmm. Oilers now in Tennessee and obviously she took over there so I wonder if Charlotte where people are trying to replicate right that's what we do in the NFL are we going to see a coach that tries to replicate an LA offense a San Francisco offense a Miami offense a Detroit offense you know we're shifting we're motion you know kind of this is kind of the offense of today and you know the, one of the guys one of the top guys on, on everybody's list is going to be Ben Johnson you know from Detroit their offense I think is like fourth in the league as far as shift and motion probably behind those other teams I just mentioned as well mm-hmm. so I wonder if we're going to start to see kind of a pattern of how teams want to progress yeah I mean I feel like we've sort of already seen that I mean everyone says the NFL is a copycat league but what was it, two or three years ago when it was like if you had ever shaken Sean McVay's hand, suddenly you had yeah. a head coaching job? Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out Cliff Kingsbury. Or you were just handsome, like which I think probably just applies across all businesses. If, if you're a good-looking white guy, you've probably got a better chance. Um, but I, I do think that that, sure, yes, probably they're going to try to go out and get somebody like a Shanahan or a McVay. Um, but I also only, I think that only gets you so far because it depends so largely on the pieces that you have around you. Um, and I, I, you know, it's funny, the new England stuff, as soon as I saw, I got the news alert, Rabel's out at Tennessee and I was like, Oh, new England. And then I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. Cause I was like, how many people just got that alert and immediately were like, we don't need bill anymore. He's out. Um, but from a, from a actual football personnel perspective, I actually do think that the best person new England could get would be Vrabel based on vibes, based on how players feel about him based on the the um, goodwill he could command in that building because they need a reset culturally as well. Um, I still I still am not going to believe that Bill is gone until he's walking out of the building. Um, but I, I think that, yes, these guys, these, these teams want, um, you know, flashy offensive coaches but you really need what your team needs. And I don't think every team can flourish under those, under that kind of coaching. And Vrabel is a guy who can, as you said, Mike, you know, put a team together with duct tape. I think it's interesting. You mentioned the fit for him in new England. Obviously everyone knows him, his time there as a player being a part of those teams under bill, but given what we're also hearing coming out of new England right now, Trent Brown was very candid about some of the things he thought were a problem in new England and kind of unloaded on this idea, you know, saying certain things about the way players are treated structurally with not getting their schedule in advance in a way that helps them plan with their families, the way that people on other teams do some of the moves that he thought should or shouldn't have been made. Mike Vrabel checks, the boxes of both being of the New England cloth, knowing exactly Mm -hmm. how to get down around there, how different that building is, but also dad, it seems like way more personable in the way that he deals with players in a way that might be refreshing given what they're coming off of with Bill, knowing that I'm sure Bill has relationships with players, but we understand the rule has been one way. It's been an iron fist kind of place. And, 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 we know the athlete of today is a little bit different, right? I'm not going to sit there and say softer, which everybody uses, but it's different the way players are acting and are treated than it has been, which is true in a lot of, it's true outside of sports. It's true everywhere. You know, generations Gen Z, are am I different. Right? So 
So, well, there you Which, go. Which, by so the way, the I love dumping on Gen Z now, Dad. I can see why you guys came yeah. at us for so long because I got to tell you, these kids are see? annoying the hell out of me. I'm sick and see? tired of them. And that, yeah, you don't mind throwing a few darts, do you now? Uh-huh. But but so <laughs> that the Belichick, and then we say the Patriot way, and again, it's the Belichick way. It's not the Patriot way. It's the Belichick way. And how many times did you, later on, did you hear guys that, like, say it's miserable there, but you know you get a chance for a ring, and that's what you want, is you want the ring. So you go there, but the last few years, obviously, it hasn't been that way. So you do wonder if you need a, a Belichick, an updated Belichick way and if you're talking about that with the relationship with players today Vrabel Charlotte would be the perfect guy right because he was played under drafted there played under him but has the ear of the younger player now uh, as well so I, I I could see that natural step for him well also something that Trent Brown said uh, was that you don't have a Tom Brady anymore it's not like hey come to New England you can play with Tom Brady he also said it's not Foxborough is not a vacation destination, um, which no. <laughs> someone from <laughs> Massachusetts unlikely. who has been to Foxborough, I, you know, no disrespect, but it, it it's uh, more of a more of a long street than a town. Um, so I think that there is some truth to that. So you, you kind of have to recalibrate how you do things. I think for a long time, the Patriots had all the leverage in the NFL. It was like, do you want to win a Super Bowl? Do you want to play with the greatest quarterback of all time? Probably. Great. Come on over. We're not going to pay you. In fact, we don't even really pay our quarterback, but you're going to get a ring. Um, And now that just that that doesn't hold up. And and it's been fascinating to watch Belichick not be able to recalibrate or adjust to that. Also, what happens to the Patriots if Belichick is out as GM also? Like to me, it is so fascinating because people forget that Belichick, I mean, you guys don't forget, but like when we talk about is Belichick going to be out as head coach, it's like, sure, also might be out as GM. So then that becomes a total rebuild. Um, and hopefully someone comes in who is not just drafting lacrosse players out of D3 colleges, um, but real pieces that, as Trent Brown said, you have to pay and you have to value. Yeah, it is. Uh, like, I always you know, think like of real, Tomlin real saying, quick. Real quick, I'm not going to rip Foxborough too much because they do have a Bass Pro Shop right there, which, you know. Sorry. Is, they that, do. That's which a great if, vacation if, spot right there. If you like swimming naked, Foxborough is the place yeah. for you. Um, yeah. I always think of the You're Mike the Tomlin first phrase we want. ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> well. Put that well, on, put that on the uh, in the news. Put that yeah. on the brochure for Foxborough's Board of Tourism for Mike Golick. Home of nude Bass <laughs> Pro Shop swimmers. There you go. Uh, because I generally Woo. tend to think of the Mike Tomlin phrase, we want volunteers, not hostages. You got a few hostages if you're recruiting yeah, to New yeah. England. That's just yep. the way the news goes. Although the desirability of Mike Vrabel and the way we've talked about here, Dad, is I think what for some people might be frustrating when it came to the balking on the idea of a trade for Mike Vrabel, who was going to be inherently valuable to a number of franchises now. He's going to jump near the top, I'd imagine, on a lot of people's list yeah. because instead of coordinator, we hope might be good. You have head coach we've seen put the ball through the basket and the fact that they weren't willing to explore that I mean and I understand the difficulties in trading a coach are there for exactly the reasons that you mentioned but we've also seen in the past can net you some pretty big bags I mean when John Gruden got traded to the Bucks they got two firsts and two seconds for him that's a haul and that's capital that could help your team when you got to access access or excuse me when you've got a, 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 a 
a valuable asset that you're not maximizing a return on there for a guy in Mike Vrabel, who, again, I know coaching is hard to quantify from the outside looking in because we don't see all the stuff day to day. But Charlotte, you got to peek under the hood with them when they went on their good run through the playoffs. And I think you kind of saw the way that interpersonally and team management, which I think we undervalue from a head coaching standpoint, really shines with him. Totally. And I I mean, you guys have heard me say this. I, I think environment is everything. I think that the team management and, and personality fit is a much bigger part of all of this than than maybe some might think. Uh, Rabel, I covered their 2021 playoff run uh, when they went to, you know, the divisional round in Baltimore. And I said to my I was at Sports Illustrated at the time. And I said to my editor, I was like, I think I should go to this because I think they might win. And everyone was like, okay, knock yourself out. And then they did. Um, and it was also around the time that Vrabel had said he would cut a certain body part off, um, yeah. a valuable mm -hmm. one for men, if he were, if it meant that he would win a Super Bowl. Um, and I had a one-on-one -on -one interview after his press conference with him. And I was like, you know, it was all the internet was talking about. I was like, I would be a bad journalist if I didn't ask him this. And I was like, you said um, that you would cut off your, and he was like, my what? And I was like, okay, well, don't do that. But, you know, it. I, I was like, this is the, it is one of the lowlights and highlights of my career as a journalist in sports. Like if someone asked me what I do, I'm like, well, here's an example. Um, and then, but then I, I went on to cover them with, with, in the AFC championship against the chiefs. And that's where I met Paul Rudd. So Vrabel has a, a, a near and dear place in my sports journalism heart. You guys. Uh, <laughs> under, understandably. So I am thinking about the most, uh, authoritative way he could begin the press conference as the head coach of the new england patriots by slamming a certain thing down on the table to let everyone know his intention to bring this team back to glory in foxborough bottom line is he's going to be somewhere because the titans fired a really good coach and whoever they hire next is going to walk in with a weird bullseye on their back because of it Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York.
Guys, as we sat here talking about the Titans, I found myself getting mad and the Stugats in me welled up and I couldn't resist the urge, the overwhelming desire to just rip off the fr- the Titans. Who do you think you are? The more I think about it, firing Mike Vrabel. <laughs> like, who do you guys think you are as an organization? You come in and you steal the Houston Oilers jerseys from the Texans. You rub it in their face and then lose. And then you fire a good coach here and think you're going to go out here and do better. Hiring Bobby Slowick, who actually probably could do a pretty good job offensively. And Will Levis trying to maximize. Yeah. It. Honestly, yeah. who do they think they are at this point? <laughs> that was that was my big takeaway. So I just had to get that off my wow. chest. It felt like the right the thing nerve. to say to just sideswipe the title. Yeah. You're right, Charlotte, the nerve, the undying nerve of all of this. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to watch what they do. Um, Charlotte, I-, I was thinking about this, and you brought up something uh, the other night talking about the national championship in college football. Mm-hmm. I- I- I'm curious for you. I don't watch the trophy ceremonies at the end mm-hmm. of championship games in most sports anymore, but definitely not in college football because I carry a significant amount of PTSD from being covered in 2013 loser confetti against Alabama. And so I don't like watching other people experience joy because I'm extremely petty. I was wondering what your thoughts were watching that game where we got a a kind of a lackluster game overall. And then Michigan Mm -hmm. ends up capping off one of the more bizarre seasons on planet earth. Yeah, I actually, I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse, Mike, but I thought of you. Um, and I did not text you because I was like, I'm not going to do you the rub it in injustice. Yeah. Um, but I was, because, you know, they, they just nothing losing in college sports is a particular kind of pain that, um, you do not see in the pros. Um, because in the pros, obviously everybody knows this, you get paid, uh, in college sports, it, you, what is it? 2% of college athletes going to play in the NFL. Uh, and then only like uh, 10% of them continue after year four. I probably butchered those stats, but it's something like that. Um, so you're watching not only the, the losing, but you're watching the end of a lot of these careers. Um, and I just, the pain, it, it is, it's hard for me sometimes to even focus on the winners because of how, sad i i go i get very maternal looking at these guys on the bench with their eyes red and towels over their heads and and sort of wandering around lost amid the confetti or back into the tunnel it just it it really makes me sad uh but i do watch it which i don't know what that says about me i think you know i i I watch a lot of sad movies too so there's probably something there um Yeah. But I sort yeah. of the I I actually I watch the championship celebration of of any sport if I'm being honest it's sort of my favorite sport. I, I boy right in the face of Mike who can't watch That's it. That's sort all. of and deranged. Because, you just say that you watch yeah, it looking yeah. at all the sad kids and now I'm like are you like are you are you kind of a sicko now? Is that what this it's is? Dr- it's drama. It's 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 camp in some <laughs> form. I think it's the closest sports yeah. gets to to pulling back the curtain. Um, and, and seeing behind the wings on, on the main yeah, stage, well, I, I think. Well, well, while most people are looking at the people jumping around happy, uh, Charlotte's scanning the, the sidelines for the sad players. I'm like, who's crying? Look at them. And, who's actually crying? And, and, and everybody treats it differently. I remember Herm Edwards, you know, talking about it and others who have gone to a Super Bowl uh, and lost. Some say they stay on the field and let the confetti hit them and say, I want to know the feeling of this because I want to get back the next year. 
In college, I saw, now that was your last game, Mike, so I don't imagine you're going to get anything out of that, but I did see a couple of Washington players, and I, and I didn't know who they were, sitting on the bench watching, and my only thought was, they're guys who are coming back to, to school, and at least, at least that's what I assumed, and they want to see what that's like and say, let's, re, let's stamp this moment you know, in our minds and in our hearts now as we get ready and prepare for next season and say we want to be on the other side of that, or you just get the hell off the field. So everybody treats it differently. Uh, that is what I wanted to ask you guys about because we have seen this has become a thing. Like, it's not even just guys sitting on the bench. It's the guy very overtly standing on the field. Stephon Diggs pretty famously did this in mm -hmm. one of their postseason runs where he stood on the field and watched the confetti and celebration. Got to be honest feels a little look at me Louie like it feels a little bit stagey for me because it's just and like and you know maybe certain guys are actually motivated by that and lord knows I said yesterday losing this game in particular and the farther you go and the closer you are to maximum pain that feeds Charlotte Wilder with the sweet tears of big boys I, no. I, I think that is obviously a motivator but I don't know in that moment like it all sucks like I you know if you're sitting there it's usually because yeah. you're tired and you're kind of overwhelmed there but besides that like I just wanted to get back and be with my teammates more than I wanted to sit and watch a bunch of other people have fun like I lost that game I went and dapped up the few guys that I went directly against for the majority of the game and just you know gave them their flowers for a pretty cool battle because it was you know that kind of game and then went on about my way so I've always been quietly kind of out on that like I'm not going to come out and dog guys too bad but it just feels like one of those things that's more for the photo than it is for the function I do I I think that today it's very hard to see anything on such a public stage and not think is this for optics is this are you is there something you're trying right. is there another layer of what you're doing here rather than just sitting there I think the most charitable read is 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 probably like maybe even if it is their last game there's something about there's something incredibly cool and rare about playing in a national championship and even if you lose part of what i was hoping watching those guys on the bench is that they were able to still think wow what an unbelievable experience to cap off our incredible season that we actually got here and we're here and and taking some of that moment um in in remembering that it happened i don't know don't don't cry because it's over small because it's happened like I, yeah i don't know i'm yeah. reaching here but i want charlotte yeah. to get these images of players in the most painful moments in these games no with like embroidered fun like sayings like that on the side like the picture of jj <sighs> mccarthy from last year looking at georgia celebrating with don't smile cry because it's over smile because it happened Oh my God. Yeah. I did that to myself. I did that to myself. Uh -huh. I will, yeah. I will own that. Yeah. I will own that. Oh my God. Not many, not many players will buy into that thought process right after a game. They may, they may later. I don't know if you ever did Mike. I know it took you a long time to watch the game film, but at some point, as I've said, I'd rather be there and get smoked than not be there at all because you have zero chance to win a championship unless you're in the championship game. So at some point, I would imagine for you, it had to be, you know what? We had a hell of a year. Didn't end the way we wanted, but man, it was great to be there. 
Oh, I can tell you where the smile because it happened happened. We got so drunk after that game. Like, but pe- so what people don't know is like, you have to plan, you have to have everything planned for the party either way. Like, yeah. you have to plan yeah. in case you are going to win and have the necessary materials. And we had a whole area set up near the hotel where we were staying that was going to be the after party. One way or another, those beers were going to get drunk. And these just happened to be sad beers. But to the point I've always hammered home and for me, for TCU, for the other teams that got blowed the hell out Washington was in this game a lot longer so I'm sure they processed after the fact but I got to process my football mortality in like the third quarter of the national championships <laughs> we're trying to make adjustments and do what we do but there's those moments where your mind wanders when you're down 30 in the Alabama marching bands playing roll tide roll one more time we're like all right oh I go God. through all these complex emotions I try and make sure I don't cry on camera because I'm not trying to give sports center any ammo and then after the game you're like all right, you know what? We do kind of get to appreciate the run that we just went on. We do get to exhale a little bit. It's a long year with an insane amount of work yeah. by everybody yeah. involved. And so that's why, like, after any season, any bowl game, any time where you lose and you're out, there is a catharsis because, man, you've been like a clenched fist for three months. And then, yeah, we went and got rip-roaring drunk. My buddy Pat went and played. I got up on stage and sang karaoke of uh, Colder Weather by Zach Brown Band. There's a pretty wow. great picture somewhere of me up on stage with pat holding the microphone and i believe tommy reese who's now the o coordinator at alabama and the crowd like a couple of those other guys that were on the team right in the front row like yeah we went and tied one on because what else are you gonna do the beers were there we were gonna do our show mike and mike then uh we were doing it down there we did it that that next day and we were ready to have you guys there if you won it would have been what a show that would have been uh, if you guys had won, but you didn't, so we were alone on that set. <laughs> I do remember one of my lasting images was talking to you guys in the lobby of the hotel, and I get a pat on the back that says, hey, bud, great season, good job. And in my sadness, I look up and I looked at you guys and go, oh, that was Vince Vaughn. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. Michael Jr., Michael Golick Sr., and Charlotte Wilder here this Wednesday. And Charlotte, glad we have you uh, to get to some basketball headlines here because Eric Spolstra's life, which seems like it is tailor-made for a movie at some point as we are going to mine the world of sports for content, 
Eric Spolstra is continuing to complete the mission from the guy who famously started off as the video coordinator for the Miami Heat. We've got those old grainy 90s pictures of him cutting up game footage for Pat Riley and company. Now signs the deal for eight million, eight years, $120 million to continue being the head coach of the Miami Heat, the most committed mom- money in North American coaching history, sources told ESPN on Tuesday night. And Charlotte, this is one that felt very very easy considering we talked about Mike Vrabel in the NFL making something out of nothing at times in terms of rosters. Eric Spolstra has been the coach that post Miami's big three, when we all thought they would just fall off a cliff, has continued to keep this group in as contenders now with Jimmy Butler as their core and their mainstay for a while. Yeah, I don't think that there's any more of a no-brainer in sports than it's like, oh, you have Eric Spolstra, keep him. You know, and, and and the eight years, he's in his fifties. He's not an he's not yeah. an old guy. He can keep doing this for a while. Um, I think too, when you're the Heat and you have such a specific way of doing things, and you have Pat Riley who has hammered home Heat culture. Um, you know, he would call guys to make sure they were at 6 a.m. Be like, are you are you home? Are you at going to the facility? Like, the, there is a I don't think I fully understood the extent to which heat culture is real in terms of um, the conditioning requirements, the the body fat percentage requirements, um, the 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 intensity that these guys play with. And if you can find it, it, it's rare, I think, to find someone like Spolstra who can not only keep that going and enforce that kind of um that kind of culture, but also inspire guys to thrive in it. Um, I think, yes, it takes a very specific person to do well in that environment. I think that I would do very, very badly in a heat culture situation. I'd be like, why are you telling me what to do all the time? But if you're somebody who does well with that and you have Spolstra to inspire and motivate and and make something out of nothing they were they should not by all accounts have been in the finals last year there is not another coach who could have gotten them there with i don't know if you heard some undrafted free agents um nobody would be talking about gabe vincent on the lakers as when he comes back from injury something that could maybe save their season if it's not for eric spolstra so i think that it's sure it's a lot of money but i don't know where else where else on earth would you put that you know what i mean like it it, go for it so the i guess the thing i would ask is do some of these deals get too long um you know you, you look at from from a yearly standpoint he's second now to pop pop makes 16 a year Spolster now 15. Monty Williams signed that deal in Detroit, which was a six-year deal. He's making uh, 13 a year, and then it's Steve Kerr and Rick Carlisle behind there. I I just wonder, every time you go that eight, ten-year deal, how soon it gets regretted. And and I'm not saying this about Spolstra. He's done a great job. He's been with that organization since 97. As you mentioned, what what he started at, 97 to 08, part of the organization, uh, behind the scenes or as an assistant, and then took over in 08 as the head coach until now. 
I just wonder, do the longer contracts eventually get you in trouble? And this is nothing about him. I'm glad he got the money because yearly, again, he's second, but it's the amount of years that he got where you go that long, and then all of a sudden, if it starts to turn, you start to say, oh, my God, that's like when you give the 10-year baseball contract to the 32-year-old where you know damn well the back end of it isn't going to mean a thing. So this, it, they're long deals that I think just sometimes ends up getting you into trouble. So it's interesting, too, because it's different for coaches than players, right? Like some of those long deals when we look at a guy like Pat Mahomes that allows you to play with the money, especially when you right. know. And that's usually the different line in sports. Like with Spo, you know he's a quality coach. You know he's the yes. kind of guy that can win you championships. He seems so supported by all the guys that have played there. And to Charlotte's point, he can enforce a very specific style that's germane to that place. He knows it and he's of it. So maybe eventually, because we see in the NBA, when things go wrong, the coach is usually first to go. Miami does feel like they operate a little bit differently. And Spo has kind of been able to shoulder that load through so many different situations at this point that you do feel a little bit more insulated and you throw the age on top of it that Charlotte mentioned as another reason why you might feel comfortable that you're still going to get plenty of this guy's best years. It is interesting hearing Charlotte talk about heat culture, and I don't know why I've never kind of like made this connection before. They're kind of like if you put the Patriots in Miami, right? Where if you just gave this place where the whole is supposed to be better than the sum of the parts and you're supposed to swallow your ego, and obviously the big three years are this historic outlier in terms of, all right, the way that we're going to about building this, but in the Jimmy Butler heat era, it's very much look at our superstar and how he plays and how he goes about his business and let's use that and the way we coach him hard the way he holds everyone else accountable to make everyone else live up to that ungodly standard here they just have a nice beach and sunsets and live in all the places that they can sell you that aren't in foxborough i was gonna say the the difference is that the two places professional athletes would most like to be is southern california and miami so i think yeah. um there's there's that but yes mike i think there's also i think spolstra probably found the thing that belichick was missing which is the ability to still get through to players or to not seem aloof I think that there is um, an element of we're in this together that the Heat have managed to keep while still demanding a lot of their players that I do not think New England was able to to keep together. And I think if you're going to be draconian, if you're going to be so intense, there has got to be the humanity part of it because otherwise you're going to end up in a situation um, like we see Belichick in now where also people are like, was it just Tom Brady? Because no one's saying that. No one's saying that of the heat. No one's like, was it just LeBron James? Was it just... Dwayne Wade, like, yes. Oh, oh but, but also they, were, they were then, and I think that's part of why what you just said, Charlotte, is the case it is now, because when Spo got the job to start, everyone just looked at him as like a third right. thumb or another ear stuck on your back, where it's like, what do you actually do here besides get out of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh's way? And so him coming in to start, Dad, it wasn't like we talk about the beginning of the Belichick Brady years where Tom Brady was sort of along for the ride with this Belichick defense. That was the Warhammer. You had Spo come in and his introduction to this at the highest level was, Hey, you've got three incredible players here. And if you screw it up, it's somehow going to be your fault and not theirs. And I think that sort of informed the rest of his tenure to where now we look and we see him standing on his own two feet, but his start was anything but that. 
Yeah. No, I listen, I, I and you talk about cultures, of course. It's it's Bill Belichick finger fingerprints, it's Pat Riley fingerprints as well. And remember, even before the big three, they had Shaq there in Miami with with you know Dwayne Wade uh trying to do their thing as well. But I agree with, with Charlotte, you know, that they just keep going. They just keep kind of retooling. And I, I was stunned to see them in the finals last year. And also, you know who was happy out there is every coach. Because that deal was the most committed money in North American coaching history, $120 million, right? So, I mean, the next coach, the next coach who's doing well is like, hey, and that agent's pointing to that deal and saying, we want a dollar above that because that's what, how this thing works. Is well, Monty it's sort Williams of nice. America. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of nice, though, to see go to a coach where you're like, okay, I get it. Because. Otherwise, it's a John Gruden, you know, like it, it's nice to uh, remember when he remember when he had like the 10 year absurd amount of money. Oh, yeah. Like, are, are we sure? So I just think that it's nice when you see a deal like this and instead of being like, oh, uh, OK, well, good for him. You're like, oh, well, yes, of course, because I understand the value of that person in that specific place. Yeah, and he's done it over such a long time. Like I, I think the idea of the meritocracy is sort of uh, a fairy tale in sports. We know it's not always that, but in general, that's why we lionize this place. And you look at a guy that started off his career with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh getting all the credit, and then always had the specter of Pat Riley in the background that people were going to credit first. And he just kept going and going until everyone had to look up and go, maybe Eric Spolstra is just a damn good basketball coach. And now he is paid like the best. I want to get to the statements from Draymond Green, who addressed the media for the first time coming back from his indefinite suspension with the Golden State Warriors. And I thought acquitted himself very well. We were talking yesterday kind of in a jaded way about the notion of a lot of suspensions in sports and this idea of guys actually changing. And it seems like Draymond might actually be primed to do that. But I can't help but address my father has been warring against cold coffee during the break here with us. I, I don't know how this came up, the debate of hot or cold coffee. Well, as I sit here drinking a gallon of cold brew every morning, my dad believes that hot coffee, hot coffee. should be the base level coffee. And dad, mm -hmm. you're ticked off because you believe going into, I thought it was restaurants, but you believe anywhere no. it should be hot coffee is the baseline and then everyone else should have to yes. adjust. Yes, I go into coffee places, like known coffee places, and I say, you know, give me a large coffee, and they would say hot or cold. My point is, it should be assumed that if you just say give me a cup of coffee, that's a hot cup of coffee. And you should have to specify if you want your nitro or your whatever you want that you drink, the different things. I think you should have to specify that because I've been asked many times when I said love a cup of coffee, hot or cold. And I just kind of shake my head like the old man on the porch and say, well, th this is the times now. I just have to deal with it. And I, and I say the normal way, hot, you young jerk. That's usually how oh. I end the, uh, no, I don't. I'm just kidding, That's, obviously. I'm just kidding. Just but no, 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 I do get asked that. I, I no, I, I do not do that. But Charlotte, you said you're a hot coffee drinker. But I, that, that's what I found in some of these places. I just feel hot should be assumed. Well, I feel like 
you're in Arizona where it is hot a lot of the time. So people are probably like, well, most people get cold. Do you, do you want to, I'm not saying that is correct. I think that a lot of people in right. New England are like, I drink iced coffee all year round. I'm the opposite. Damn I right. want a hot coffee all year round. I don't know. Something about starting off your morning, something warm feels nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> my brand of pseudoscience i ascribe to the idea that hot coffee is better for hangovers because i need a warm embrace on those days oh, where i'm not feeling no. my best self no you don't mm. like you need hot something coffee cold. when you're hungover no. no oh i'm not hung Whoa, over that is... often anymore though not to brag yeah no it, I, listen, i'm not either i chug water yeah but i chug water and i drink hot coffee i i agree with you and and quickly on the point okay. of I live in a hot place. We can all agree hot coffee has been around a lot more than cold coffee, right? And well, yeah. hot places well, have been around forever. So, I mean, I, I, I think my I, I, I think my IQ difference. is dropping the more we talk about this. <laughs> your IQ is dropping because you're on this show with Mike and yeah, I. That's, that's why it. you're on. No, 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 no. We're the false. I also think, Dad, you're mistaken. I usually am you're very into smarter. Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts where there is a lot more of a supply and demand issue when it comes to the hot cold debate like when i go to restaurants where i have to sit down breakfast places diners there it is always assumed hot until you specify otherwise cold coffee is a much more alien oh. creature in those locations where when i went out every weekend on the road and went to breakfast with tom bowman and our crew for college football saturday night when we would go to breakfast and we would say three coffees over to the table they were always hot coffees until specified otherwise so i think that's where yes. you have that rule that reigns but for dunkin donuts and for starbucks and all those places you have probably just as many if not more ordering cold at this point and so for them the math is different i just want them to know that my hot coffee is still the dominant coffee and has been because yes. <laughs> but you're right about restaurants well you go to a restaurant they have a coffee cup on the table already so mm. you're right it's assumed you want hot coffee unless that you have to specify you know i because you don't put the cold coffee in a in a regular coffee cup so I'm with you on that from the restaurant standpoint. Boy, did we get sidetracked. Just a, little, just a little bit. You know what? I wonder what kind of coffee Draymond Green would drink. Let's ask him, maybe <laughs> not about that, but hear what he had to say about his return and what people should expect from him now back in a Golden State Warriors uniform. When I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. And I'm very confident if I do remove the antics, no one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. You know, nobody's worried about um, how I carry myself in the game of basketball, but it's the antics. And um, so that's my focus. You know, it's not on changing who I am completely. Like, you don't change the spots on the leopard. Like, it's just not going to happen, and I'm not going to try to set some unrealistic expectation. So, Charlotte, we talked a lot about this yesterday. What's your impression been between Draymond's podcast and this about how he's acquitted himself coming off this? I think um, I think the whole I the whole situation has been strange to me because he chokes out Rudy Gobert and everyone's like, oh, my God, Draymond is such a problem. And then he hits Nurkic in the face and all of a sudden it's a mental health issue and it becomes like, well, Draymond has to go to counseling. Draymond needs help. KD says, I hope Draymond gets the help he needs, um, which Draymond addressed on, on his podcast as well. Um, and, and I think. I think that the the 
line here that I don't know can be towed is Draymond has won four championships with the Warriors because of how he plays basketball, because he is that enforcer, because he is that fire for that team. And in the past year, you've seen him sort of unravel a little bit. I think a lot of the players on the Warriors, and by that I really mean, you know, Clay and, and Draymond are having a hard time accepting their own mortality and the end of this dynasty, even if it keeps going for a little bit, it's not going to be what it was before just because of, of physics and time. Um, but I, I, I think that it's very hard to say to someone, Hey, be, be less of the thing you're doing up to a certain point. It would it, like, how do you tell someone do your job the same way, be what you've been, but take out the part that we don't like when that part in that moment is like, how is he, the, the, when he says, take out the antics, I'm, I'm confident I can take out the antics. The, the antics is a whole thing, buddy. Like nobody's talking about how you're playing bat. He says, you know, it, it, nobody will care how I play basketball if it's not for the antics. And it's like, well, right. Like, yes, the antics are the whole point. Nobody cares if you play hard defense. That's great. They care if you're yeah. choking guys out. And I also think that there's this um, when he said to to Adam, he was on his podcast, he said he threatened to retire to Adam Silver and Adam Silver said, don't make any rash decisions. That to me is like, wasn't the whole point of this suspension that he stopped making rash, rash decisions? And yeah. here he is being like, you know, I said on Oddball yesterday, it's like a little kid being like, well, I'm going to run away from home. Like Adam Silver said, don't retire. Yeah. If I were Adam Silver, I'd be like, go for it. Okay, call his <laughs> bluff. And so, so I, and none of this is to rag on Draymond because I, I, I do respect what he has done as a player so much. I, I obviously don't respect so, a lot of what he's done, the antics. I don't like the antics, I guess you could say. But um, I, I still think it's just, um, I'll believe it when I see it, I, I think. I, at this point, there's not really much you can say because I go out there and play without, you know, yep. hitting guys in the nuts, really. It's, it's the classic line of a parent when a kid says, I'm going to run away, and the parent says, don't run, walk. Nobody's going to chase you. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the reverse psychology of that. I, I did like his, him saying, listen, a leper can change his spots. Don't, basically, don't expect miracles. I just need to stop the antics. And you're right, Charlotte. I mean, it is all the antics. No one questioned his basketball play. And Mike Tomlin was the latest to say it, but coaches say it all the time. I'd rather have a player I need to say woe to than give me more. Well, Draymond mm -hmm. is the player you got to say woe to, right? And if he can make the realization that he's actually hurting his team, he's a line stepper. And like I said, line steppers aren't going to change. And he even admitted they're not going to change. So all along, this has been about the antics. It's never been about the basketball. So you can separate these two and say, we love the basketball player. That's what I said. I'd rather really be a teammate with the basketball player, but not the antics guy that hurts the team. The end of the day, Mike, it's he can say all he wants. But you got to go out and you got to show that you're not going to do something dumb on the court that's going to cost you and your team. Yeah, this is going to be an action speak louder than words moment, which is very difficult because Draymond's words are often very, very loud. I enjoy the antics <laughs> on Oddball. I enjoy the antics from Charlotte Wilder every Wednesday with us here. Charlotte, thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. I hope I hope the coffee stays both hot and cold. Boom. Boom.